How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is Frank Madden. And sponsoring today's episode is our good friends at SeatGeek. Use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That is L-O-Bucks for Locked on Bucks. And get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So go ahead and do that today. There's some basketball coming up in Milwaukee, which... We haven't been able to say for two weeks, um, other than NCAA basketball. But uh, there hasn't been Bucks basketball in in Milwaukee in a little while, so that's that's kind of comforting to say, Frank, um, that people can actually go out and use the SeatGeek app and get some tickets here at a uh, here at home. But honestly, it's been kind of cool this year to see more people start uh, since we have the SeatGeek uh, sponsorship. Like people will randomly just like tweet us pictures of themselves at games um like i think there's a couple in la and maybe in golden state i'm trying to think where else but like people will tweet those at us and you know what that's awesome i'm happy you're able to use the deal and uh hopefully get a good deal on some tickets and get to see a game but maybe bucks fans are spreading or maybe people just want to share it a little bit more but either way Good stuff. Yeah, I don't know if uh, maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but it, it does seem like when when we're watching games on the road, it does seem like there are more, especially Giannis jerseys that you just sort of see randomly in the crowd, um, which which is pretty cool. And I mean, it makes sense, right? Anytime you have a star player, um, it, it's going to get more people, especially you know sort of the expat fans and the kind of random people. I mean, I don't know how many kind of random. You know, people are adopting the Bucks at this point. You know, in these different cities across the the, the, the league, um, but uh, obviously, you know, I assume most of those people have some connection to Wisconsin, and cool to see uh, to see those folks out there. Um, a bunch of people, it seemed, had a, had a good time at the the Kings Bucks game. Not just Jason Terry and Spencer Hawes and the rest of the Bucks, but um, <laughs> some some fans had some good times in Sacramento. And um, I gotta say, shout out to. Um, a uh, friend of the show, guy I've known for uh, a few years. I met him at a Clippers game, but uh, Joe Valent, the Hawaiian Joe, who uh, I'm sure hardcore Bucks fans probably recognize. He's always he lives in Hawaii. He's from Milwaukee. He uh, goes. He shows up for West Coast road trips every year. He gets great seats. He's usually wearing. He's got all these old school jerseys, like a Sydney Moncrief jersey, all these different jerseys, and he's always like on camera because he's usually behind the Bucks bench in like Portland and L.A. and all these you know Sacramento, all these places. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know how many of the games Bucks uh, Joe saw on uh, on this last road trip, but. Um, I'm I'm glad that Joe. I met him at this Clippers game a few years ago. Great guy. Uh, I'm glad that he uh, he he's for all these years. He finally got like a winning road trip, which I imagine I don't know if Joe's ever seen a winning road trip because he's he's not that old. So uh, so anyway, um, lots of fun for Bucks fans on this trip. And yeah, 
uh, home game coming up. So uh, I, I guess we'll get to it in, in a little bit here on our SeatGeek read. But um, tickets are getting a little more expensive, which which is cool to see. Yeah, I think time is kind of running out on the season. And I know that Friday, Saturday, uh, Pacers, Wolves, like those last two home games, both of those very well attended and and i think saturday was i think pretty easily a sellout uh against the t-wolves so last bucks home game was a sellout so um kind of cool to see people getting behind the behind the home team getting behind the bucks and going out and supporting their team um i guess frank kind of what we wanted to talk about a little bit tonight was the bucks obviously just had a, a huge road trip they they win four out of six something i don't think either of us thought they were going to do um we both would have been very pleased with three um and instead get four wins um on that road trip and obviously they they had a big win streak before that and generally just since the all-star break they've been playing good basketball um and and it's kind of it's kind of strange i i guess to attempt to figure out what's going on and you had pulled some of the numbers um in an attempt to figure out what's going on and um looking at them in front of me in this email frank i don't really see uh, a lot of relationships that i can draw from these numbers that there's some stuff you can kind of parse out and figure out and attempt to understand but then there's some other stuff that i don't i don't get so i guess do you want to try to lay some of these numbers out or essentially this is us trying to figure out what's going on in milwaukee right and i think you know it's 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 kind of funny i mean i you know i'm sure everybody listening you know you've you've heard us talking about some of the things that we're seeing and and some of the stats we've mentioned um but i think if you ask kind of like and and not just a casual fan but somebody that's watching every game and they say well what's different about the bucks and, you know, you'd probably say, well, the defense is a lot better. Um, and the offense has been, I don't know, offense has the offense been better? It seems like with Chris Middleton, they've, they've obviously got um, this really good player back. And he obviously means a lot on, on both ends. And I mean, I would say more more offensively, really, um, in terms of like, you know, above an average player. Right. I mean, Chris Middleton, what he's able to do is versatility, um, especially relative to, to what they would be doing without, you know, Jabari Parker and, and Michael Beasley offensively. Um, you would say, wow, it just seems like, you know, it was a win win all around and you know, things are going better and defense is much better. But it, it's weird. I think, you know, let's start with the defense, because um, I think, that, you know, because of the way the Bucks play and they play this you know, the, the, the style that, that we talk about a lot, you know, that, that they help a lot and they, you know, overload the strong side and, and their weakness is, of course, you know, teams that move the ball and, and can get three-point shots open. Um, but it's interesting because when you look at what they're doing, um, you know, the good news is uh, the, the, the thing, the bet that this, that this defense makes is that, you know, they can basically sort of just hustle their way to contest enough threes and um, you know, not get totally killed the three point line. And then by playing the style, they'll, you know, force turnovers. And, and that will in turn, I think a, a lot of the theory of the last few years was that, you know, Jason Kidd felt like he wanted to play a style like this to, to force turnovers and let them get early offense and, and get out on the break. And the strange thing is that it's working in the sense of they are now first in the league since the all-star break in opponent turnover percentage. So that's great. You know, we, we saw a couple of years ago, I think they might've been second, uh, when when they had the good defensive season mm-hmm. in Jason Kidd's first year, um, their defensive rebound rate is up slightly in in ranking terms. It's up a fair bit, 
um, they're they've gone from 27th before the All Star break to to 16th, so from really bad to average. Um, so you have two kind of ingredients there that would say turnovers plus rebounds. That's good. Those are those are the kind of two <laughs> obvious things yeah. you would need to trigger you know fast break points in, in early offense. But you know the interesting thing is. Well, the defensive story though isn't isn't all great, right? I mean, they, they've improved for sure, um, going from bottom third to I think they're twelfth uh, in defensive rating since the All Star break. But it kind of feels like this is like, oh, the Bucks defense is really figured out, and they're like just barely above average. <laughs> and you kind of wonder, well, why? why? So yeah. is that you know is something going on? And you know, the interesting thing is they've cut the three, opponent three point rate down a lot, and they're not just giving up a ton of threes and and getting lucky by teams missing. Uh, t- teams are shooting two percent worse from three. They're down from thirty six, thirty four percent. So there may, may be a little bit of luck there, but they've they're allowing six fewer threes per game from twenty nine to twenty three. So uh, in terms of attempts, so that's a huge change, obviously, because you know as people probably remember us talking about the big thing with threes is you know you can you, you can't necessarily control over a long sample, big sample how much they go in because teams are going to tend to shoot you know roughly an average mark over a long period. Um, but you can try to run teams off the line. And so it seems like, well, it seems like they're running teams off the line a bit more, um, but their opponent effective field goal percentage is actually worse. So even when you wait for um, three-pointers, which effective field goal percentage does, the Bucks are actually giving up, basically teams are shooting, or when they get shots, <laughs> right, and they're turning it over more, so there are fewer shots. Uh, but when they actually do get shots, they're actually converting more. So it, it's almost like, the Bucks defense is becoming kind of uh, maybe not. I mean, to say this is sort of like more high volatility, maybe a little bit not the case in the sense that that they're not allowing you know all like more threes and more turnovers. You know, they are cutting down the threes, but it's it's an interesting thing because it you know they've sort of solved maybe one problem a bit with the three point shot, <laughs> and they're rebounding better. But teams are making more shots everywhere else. They still allow the fewest mid range jumpers in the league. Um, even after the all-star break. So, I mean, the shot chart is better for sure. Um, the corner threes are down, I think, from over nine to like under six. Um, so that's really encouraging. But it's still not necessarily translating into, into you know, lockdown, super efficient defense. Um, it's better for sure. But, um, again, it's it, be very careful to say that, like, oh, the Bucks have just figured this out and now everything's perfect and, and it's great. Um, because on the flip side, their their offense is slightly worse and they're second to last in pace so despite all those turnovers despite all those rebounds um they're 29th in pace their fast break points have gone from above average to below average their pain points have gone from first in the league to middle of the league 15th so it's just the the offensive composition basically like everything is just sort of shifted around and it doesn't even necessarily seem to match when you think about you know kind of what what leads to sort of different parts of offense and defense and things like that. But I, I don't know. I mean, is it as simple as, well, you replaced Jabari Parker with Chris Middleton? I mean, is that a, a shorthand of, of what we're seeing, both both good and bad, in terms of the style we're seeing of the Bucks right now? Well, it, it might not be that simple to the, for the Bucks defense, and I'll get there in a second, but it, it is that simple to get to, gets on SeatGeek. And all you have to do is just head in, to the app it's very simple to use download it on your phone heck you can do it on your computer i have the SeatGeek page open on my computer screen right now and i'm taking a look at these bucks hawks tickets and there's some green dots they're, they're not 
as large of green dots as they have been in the past, but there's still green dots, and there's green dots on the upper level and the lower level, so there are great seats available for the Hawks-Bucks game uh, tonight in Milwaukee. So that is exciting. If I mean, you don't really have many chances to see the Bucks at home anymore this season, so uh, now is as time as good of... Now... Now is as good of time as any uh, to get to SeatGeek and try it out. And, of course, when you go to SeatGeek, you can use our promo code. And it's very simple to use. All you got to do is download the app, go to the settings tab, enter a promo code, enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. And you can get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. It's as simple as that. And you don't have to do any more searching. You don't have to go to any other websites. SeatGeek goes to all of the other websites for you and gets the best deals and then puts it on the app for you. So literally just download the app and it's all there for you it's all easy and it's a very simple process so go check out SeatGeek today and like i said use our promo code l-o-b-u-c-k-s l-o-bucks for lockdown bucks for a 20 dollars rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase and frank i guess looking at the defense i i hesitate to say that it's as simple as removing Jabari Parker and adding Chris Middleton um, because ultimately I don't I, I guess when you use that type of verbiage and you say it like that that just makes people think that one the Bucks defense is fixed and the Bucks defense is is good to go already for the future everything is great nothing is wrong and one that's not the case and i know you're that that wasn't what you were laying out but i I do think when you say some when you try to break it down that simply i think people also think of it in those simple terms that everything was awful and now everything is awesome and uh, that's not quite where we're at like things have improved but it, it isn't perfect yet and also with that i think part of it too is that for a good part of of really this stretch where they've been playing good basketball. We've also seen Michael Beasley and Musa Teletovich not be a part of the rotation. And we've seen some teams that haven't shot well and teams that have deviated from things that they normally do. And I think with all of this, it's always important to remember sample sizes and kind of how all of these things work out. And uh, when you're only looking at just a, a smaller sample size after the All-Star break, that there there can be some fluky things and there can be some strange things. So um, I, I guess part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because everything in here is we're looking at things and can see some changes that are that are being made like being able to do a better job on the defensive glass like that's that's huge for this bucks team because that's something they've struggled with but again it's still not perfect there like they're still 16th in defensive rebounds so still below average and in the same way it's great that they're forcing more turnovers and letting teams shoot fewer threes but they've slow down the pace to such an extent and we were talking about this before they the bucks have never been a fast team under jason kidd but there there've only been maybe i don't even i don't even i'm not 100% sure on this estimate but let's say 3 to 4 one month periods that have been close to this slow um under jason kidd so 
that obviously kind of artificially deflates the the raw three pointers per game numbers, but some of those things are improving. So I think things are better. I don't think things are fixed, and I don't know. There's just so much in here, um, and like I said, the it's still a small sample size, but um, I think you have to be at least a little bit encouraged by by what's going on, and obviously. I, I I don't know if there's a bigger advocate for uh, Chris Middleton and his skills as a basketball player, especially on the defensive end. I, I believe in the past uh, when he was up there in defensive RPM uh, during that first Jason Kidd season, I, I think I went as far as to refer to him as a destroyer of worlds, um, which might have been a bit of a stretch. Uh, <laughs> just, just a bit. Just a bit. But... Uh, when you do watch this Bucks defense with Middleton on the floor, uh, just the the sheer amount of deflections that they start to get, and deflections don't always turn into steals, um, but the amount of deflections they get, the amount of plays where Middleton will be aggressive on the backside and just make the right read, and that leads to a sloppy pass, a loose ball, something that just gives them a split second to make another rotation those things are obviously way up when Middleton is on the floor. Um, and those kind of just small incremental things. And again, it doesn't have to be a steal and it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be a deflection, but if they see six, eight Chris Middleton out there in the right spot and they have to loft a pass at a 15 degree higher angle than normal, that gives whoever's recovering somewhere else that split second. And, Again, we've seen this defense when it's going right. It it gives people that they're reacting is and they're trying to push teams into the late shot clock moments. And having a guy like Chris Middleton allows them to do more of that and push teams into that uncomfortable area more often. So um, I, I certainly do think Middleton is having a, a big effect here, and that that should be noted. But at the same time, things are are not perfect, and things are not quote-unquote fixed yeah and i think i think offensively it, it kind of makes sense um when you look at you know w- w- sort of how the bucks have evolved i mean th- th- right now i think this this team the what we're describing i mean they are reflective of a team that has chris middleton and, and greg monroe as two of their three best offensive players right i mean in terms of the speed and pace at which they play it it is more catering to guys who um you know are, are going to again be more let's say patient is, is that if that's a <laughs> that's uh, kind yeah uh, i'm okay with that. A, a nice way to put it um but guys who you know don't want to run up and down the court and and necessarily get into early offense um you know Giannis and jubari obviously together were you know tremendous on the break and not surprising that even with um all those turnovers that the bucks don't have the same firepower in court this obviously is going to be doing more of his scoring from the perimeter than Jabari, uh, who's obviously going to attack the paint more. You know, and again, they're not just like swapped one for one, but in terms of the starting lineup, I mean, effectively, that's what you've done. And I think the interesting thing, though, is I mean, you know, the, the they're shooting. I think they're basically they're making a half a three point or more per game after the All Star break than before, um, which you know, again, on on fewer possessions, maybe four percent fewer possessions. You know, so it's a little more than that uh, in terms of like per possession. But um, you know, the the funny part is that you know Chris hasn't really been shooting a ton of threes yet either. Um, so it, it's not like putting Chris Middleton in necessarily at this point um, would lead to a, a ton more threes just by virtue of of sort of the the swap effect, if if you will, of 
of those two guys. I mean, you know, Chris right now per 36 minutes. Let me look this up. What is Middleton at? He is at 3.9 threes per 36 minutes. Um, Jabari Parker, 3.7 threes per 36 minutes uh, attempted. So, you know, pretty much a wash in terms of that attempt rate. You'd obviously want Chris to increase that just given that he's, you know, tremendous three-pointer. I mean, he's shooting 48%. So, um, you know. That <laughs> that's not 48% uh, from the field. He's shooting 48% from the three-point line. And, I mean, here's the thing. That's not going to last either, right? I mean, th- there's going to be Correct. a meaner version on Chris. Um, so that number will come down and, uh, you know, he'll probably settle in something closer to probably 40% over over a longer period but you know we'll see the the season, there's obviously not that much of the season left so so it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic i mean the bucks offense is is a bit worse than it was even over the full first you know uh, whatever it was two thirds of the season before the all-star break um even with some of the ups and downs that we saw uh, in that span i mean that was still generally a pretty explosive offense uh, d- despite you know the provisional let's say nature as uh, as kevin arnovitz called it which we have quoted often now so um so yeah it's it's a bit interesting playing at a slower pace i think there's been some trade-offs there um but obviously with the record uh, being what it is you know 11 and 5 since the all-star break 14 and 5 if you go back to those three wins that came right before the all-star break um you know, they've been a little bit lucky in that. I think I was doing, uh, I was looking at their point differential, their plus 1.8 net rating since the All Star break. Um, I think if you do the math on that in terms of expected wins, it, it, you'd be closer to nine and seven expected. So it makes sense, right? You look at the the Clipper game, you look at the Portland game, and there've been some some close wins uh, in this stretch as well. Uh, which you know, again, things have kind of gone the Bucks' way and. You know, maybe that's just a working out uh, for for some bad luck at the beginning of the season, which you know I think we talked about a little bit when we bemoaned how bad the Bucks uh, were down the stretch in games. You know, a lot of this is luck, um, and and over the long haul, you know, good teams don't tend to be that much better than bad teams at winning close games. Um, it's it's the blowouts that the good teams win, um, and we're seeing with the Bucks. I think maybe maybe a few games go their way to kind of even out. Maybe a few games that didn't go their way early in the season, and you know they've had a positive point differential most of the way, and obviously they've been clawing to get back to 500 for some time now. So um, I, I would not say that you know they're they're 36 and 35 record. There's nothing really lucky about that. They're actually their expected win losses 37 and 34. So um, you know things are kind of the universe sort of correcting for itself a little bit but um you know I, I don't know it's an interesting question it's interesting especially when you think about this bucks team moving forward um especially if greg monroe were to leave this summer um you know do we see this team maybe become a bit more up tempo um you know i think defensively regardless of of you know I, I don't think this precludes you from making adjustments to what they do now but um you can probably afford to be a bit more aggressive defensively if you've got you know Thon Maker playing more minutes and, and Greg Monroe no longer involved, but um, all those things obviously uh, will be settled a, a few months from now. And for now, the Bucks with the Atlanta Hawks coming in on Friday, the Bulls coming in on Sunday, obviously a, a huge opportunity to win a couple games against teams that are, are right in the thick of that playoff race with them. I, I think that last thing you touched on is kind of where I'm most interested in this is that the the Bucks identity is is somewhat fascinating to me is because under Jason Kidd, Kidd's always been defense first, defensive first, defense first. But outside of the first year, the Bucks haven't been good defensively. And when you have such a young team, I think so many people think, oh, young team, they're out running. And I've seen all these Giannis dunks and Jabari alley oops and all these plays on fast breaks. Well. 
Xbox don't really play at that fast of a pace. Like they they do get out and get fast breakpoints, but their pace isn't that fast. And it's just funny to think of kind of what you may imagine the Bucks' identity to be and what their actual identity is. And then as you're thinking about that, what that means going forward and who they will be going forward. Um, because I, I don't know that I necessarily have, have a good answer for it because I don't see them being a bad offensive team for, I don't know, barring the barring the health of Giannis Antetokounmpo, I don't see them being a bad offensive team for the next five years. Like he's just that, he's that transcendent of an individual talent that no matter what offense you put on the floor, no matter what your strategy is, no matter what you're trying to do, Giannis is going to score points. And any offense that features him for 35 minutes a night is going to put up points. So it seems to, it seems like to me, I didn't think we were going to get to this point this year, but I think we're at the point now where the Bucks aren't going to be under, I mean, they're going to be a top half of the league offense now for the for foreseeable future. So uh, to me, that may, now means, okay, defensively, you have to figure it out. How do you put together a defense that makes sense with these guys on the floor? Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just totally fascinated by all the different parts here and kind of how this all works out and what it means for the future because <laughs> I, I, I've – Again, just looking at these numbers, uh, you can see him playing a certain way in the in the first half of the season. Now you're seeing him play a different way in the second half of the season. And yeah, I don't know. We had a couple people uh, tweet at me uh, today asking if with uh, it looks like Paul Millsap's going to be out on Friday. Um, Ken Bazemore's out with a bone bruise, uh, and and asking if if this game was now a sucks to lose. And I I guess that Sarah the <laughs> first off, I love that people are now using sucks to lose as a term i think it should um, catch on frank i i yeah. honestly think it's a good phrase and it's not well okay it is just because we came up with it but um <laughs> i did like it makes sense like you shouldn't say must wins for games that aren't must wins there's got to be another term um I, I don't think this is no and because i think again i think at this point we're, we're now getting a little spoiled and People have gotten the taste again of, of that winning, you know, <laughs> of, of winning and and yeah. and expecting the Bucks to, to win games. And so, you know, from the pure perspective of will there be disappointment when they lose? I think, yes, th- there is. I mean, even when they were not playing well, you know, people got up in arms anytime they lost a game. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, this team's going to lose games. It's, it's just reality. They're not, you know, in, in some other plane of, of teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they may well lose one of these games this weekend. But. Um, you know, it's not, you know, again, when I first thought of that term, it was more in the sense of trying to find some other phrase for, for a must win or or tweak it a little bit. And clearly, you know, neither of these games is, is a must win in the true sense of the word, especially with, you know, the East, everybody in the East is sort of, you know, doing the Bucks major favors. I mean, I I don't know if the phrase everything coming up Bucks, um, should be a positive or negative connotation, but um, certainly the last couple of days with some of these losses, especially the Pistons really laying down, the Bulls blowing a huge lead in Toronto. Um, tonight, the Miami Heat um, lose pretty convincingly to the Raptors. Um, you know, a lot of teams that, uh, again, are, are right there with the Bucks have been losing. The Hawks have are, are in a, a deep funk as well, which obviously you hope to, to keep them in. Uh, on Friday, so uh, so it's it's an interesting place, but I, I think you know again it, this is what happens: you start winning, standards rise, expectations rise, and 
you know, a team that, that maybe isn't great, um, suddenly now, uh, you know, you, you don't want to just accept losses, which I think is fine. Right. I mean, you gotta, you have to raise expectations at some point and, um, we'll see. I mean, that's not something that Bucks fans have done for the last 10 years, raising expectations. That's not in the times that they have done it. They've been crushed by, by the organization not coming through for them. So, um, yeah, go for it. Do you do you have any predictions for this weekend? I think when we did our 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 end of season predictions game by game, I think that and that was like two weeks ago. So you know, again, we weren't all as as high and uh, and excited about the Bucks, but um, but we're starting to get there. But uh, I think I said this this weekend would be a split. Um, I know everybody really wants a, a, a sweep of the Hawks and Bulls, but uh, I don't know. What do you think? Or, or do you think that's do you think that's likely? Do you think that's, uh, I mean, statistically, I think it's unlikely to get a sweep just because, yeah. you know, again, I mean, you're, you're not like an 80% favorite to win both of these games, right? I mean, to, to win both, um, you know, even if you're a 70% favorite to win both, that puts you at a 50-50 to, to win, to get a sweep, right? Or to win either game. 70% to win either game, you're, you're still only a 50-50 to win both. So, um, so t- t- you know, generally you're not going to win both games, but I don't know. I mean, the Bucks have been spoiling us at home lately, and it—I mean—it's clearly in play, right? Yeah, I, I think it is, especially with Millsap being out. Before that, I—I I don't know if I would have been as confident. And, and again, I, I know, like you said, the whole East is struggling. Um, but to me, uh, I'm man. I'm just circling that Sunday. I want to totally and fully embarrass the Chicago Bulls this season. That is. That is the life I'm about, Frank. Um, the Bucks have hung some ugly, ugly ones on them. 108-97. The next night, they beat them 95-69. They beat them 116-96. I mean, those are margin of victories of, geez, almost 20, 22 points, 23 points a game. Uh, so if the Bucks want to hang another one like that on the Bulls on Sunday, I would be more than happy to watch it happen. Um, so, so to me, I, I'll say a split, some, maybe something fluky happens uh, against the Hawks that makes it happen, or maybe something just normal happens, because fluky stuff happens. They're, they're, like you said, there's luck in all of this. There's uh, just the NBA, and going to a, a classic cliche here, it's a, it's an 82-game schedule, and you, and you never know what can happen on one of these nights. But um, I'll, I'll go with the split, and I will hope that the one that gets done is is the Chicago game on Sunday. I would definitely agree. I would I would hope the the Bulls game. If you're gonna only gonna get one, you'd want that Bulls game. Um, the Hawks game. I mean, there's no tiebreaker sort of to be had with either of these in the sense that the Bucks already own the tiebreaker with the Bulls. They've already lost the tiebreaker head to head with the Hawks. Um, so it is kind of weird. The Hawks have been kind of a uh, a team that has caught the Bucks here three times already this season. Uh, obviously, the first game in Milwaukee, they were up, I think, what, 20 at halftime and then blew that big lead, end up losing. Uh, that was, we didn't know it was going to be a sucks to lose, but it definitely was a sucks to lose <laughs> yes, um, after after halftime. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I, I, if Mike Dunleavy and Tim Hardaway don't go crazy and hit a bunch of threes, I feel like the Bucks really ought to take this game. But, you know, the old, I don't know if you could say it's a cliche, People always talk about the first game back after a long road trip at home is, you know, I don't know if I, I hate I hate using the term schedule loss because I just don't really 
I mean, I don't know. I don't really buy that. Fully, I mean, but, I think there um, are real schedule hard. losses, but this that would not be one. No, like, not like against a schedule the Hawks loss team is five games and seven nights, and you've traveled five different cities all over the country. Like there, there are real schedule losses. That would not be one. Yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, I, I think uh, and and it's and it's kind of interesting when we talk about you know fans buying tickets on SeatGeek and all that and um, you know you, with more people getting excited about the team, it's like you just really want them to keep that momentum going, really want to build that excitement, and um, you know it's just so much more fun to be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, thinking about the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, listening to to other podcasts who cover the whole league. Um, actually, you know, when the Bucks are, are, you know, actually kind of decent, uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun to actually hear the Bucks get a little, at least a little bit of recognition. So, or just watching anyway, games we'll is more fun. Like being able to hear a crowd, like actually get involved in a game, even just on a TV screen, like that is, that is exciting and more fun. Um, and hopefully, like you said, the Bucks can pay it off and down the stretch actually do some of this and, um, just try to get some wins at home here. And only one, two, three, four, five home games left. Two this weekend, Friday and Sunday. Two next weekend, Friday and Sunday. And then uh, against Charlotte on Monday, April 10th. So there's there's not many home games left. And like I said when we first talked about SeatGeek, no better time to use it. Use our promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. And you'll get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. And if you've already used that one up, well, you can get a great deal on SeatGeek anyways. Um, so just head over there. I see the green dots all over the place. There's some good tickets to be had um, in the BMO Harris Bradley Center. So go check that out this weekend. I, I think that's going to be it for us for Lockdown Bucks for today. Uh, we will talk to you on Monday. Um, do you want to update playoff odds? I know there hasn't been a game, but I believe Miami. Did Miami lose? And in... yeah, they they had that. I don't know if you'd say very unexpected loss, but uh, a home loss, uh, obviously to to Toronto was was certainly not a game that they were were looking to lose, and uh, it did not nudge the Bucks up uh, a few percentage points. They're now at eighty seven percent likely to. Uh, make the playoffs the heat now projected at 40 and 42 the bucks at 42 and 40 pacers also at 42 and 40 uh hawks also at 42 and 40 bulls at 40 and 42 and pistons at 38 and 44 so um you know the the 538 odds sort of have the the bucks pacers uh and uh well the bucks and pacers i guess um and hawks all kind of uh you know going at it for for those i guess five through seven spots all right so that's gonna be it this is i i've been this has been strange to always try to incorporate playoff odds into uh the end of a podcast which is one a a sad sign that we're getting towards the end of the season and two a happy sign that the bucks are putting themselves in that conversation and uh taking care of business or is it business time maybe this weekend is business time um so so we'll see about that uh For Frank Men, this has been Eric Name, this has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you on Monday.